Uno, dos, tres, catorce. Hello, hello, hola. Uh, now I would like to read a poem by Bono. Uh, this, this shit is hard to do when you have ADHD, <laughs> which you are, even though you are seeking medical help for it, you definitely need to let your psychiatrist know the medication is probably not working <laughs> very well. Uh, it really just makes me feel dehydrated. Like, so I, I'm on like a non, I think it's like an NRI. I went in and I wanted Adderall. And, but I don't want to say that I want Adderall because I don't want to like exhibit drug seeking behavior, even though I'm literally seeking drugs. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, this is the catch 22 of, um, like American prescription medicine. Is that like, I just want Adderall for some of the days where like when I feel like I really want to work on this podcast, it'd be great. Just have a pill that makes me work really hard on something that I'm really invested in. And I know it does because I've taken it before unprescribed in college. Cause I gave a dude on my floor 20 bucks for like half a pill and I got ripped off cause I was 18 and I was fucking idiot with money. And now I'm 30 and I'm an idiot with money. But <laughs> anyway, welcome to season two, episode two. This is, I think this is the, our 20th episode overall. Yeah, cool. So some milestones, we're getting there. My, I, again, my, my current big term goal with this podcast, I should say the name of the show, right? The Austin Pudding Podcast. Austin Pudding presents the podcast, the podcast presented by Austin Pudding and State Farm. No, just kidding. Polar Seltzer. Only Polar Seltzer. Remember that thing I was saying about ADHD? Anyway, uh, but yeah, back, so back with uh, Hassan Barclay, part two of our interview. Um, this week, <laughs> the, the, uh, I think this is the episode where it starts off with us, where we plot a 9-11 movie starring Mark Wahlberg. Like, I can't really get more into it than that. Like, cause you're just going to hear it. And it, uh, yeah, <laughs> this, this is one of those things where I was editing it back and it, yeah, I was just losing my shit. It took me like twice as long as it normally takes me to edit audio because <laughs> this was just so bad shit. Um, yeah, you'll also be hearing, uh, the second half of uh, Dual Shock, uh, Hassan's upcoming project. I wanted to give, tell a little anecdote about why, you know, like why I've wanted to interview Hassan uh, for this podcast. Um, he was one of the first, not the very first musician that I interviewed for Alston Pudding, but he was the first local musician. And that feels like ages ago, but really it was just like 2017. Um, and I've, so I've told him this, but it was, it was so chill. It, like we left and we spent like three hours talking, like in only like an hour of it, I recorded for the interview and then we just like chilled. Uh, it was great, but it was also like really, uh, really inspiring to me because here's this dude who's just like doing everything he loved, just like making music, like following his passion. And I was stuck in a job that I hated. And like the, the long story short is that like, I left that interview and I was like, I'm, I'm going to quit this job. Uh, 
And I did quit that job and like spent more time pursuing things that actually make me feel happy, which is something that I'm, I continue to try to do, you know, consistently and do more of because life is too fucking short. Uh, but it's also so fucking long too. Have you noticed that? How it is, it is both short and long at the same time, like a funhouse mirror. Well, Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll let you ponder that uh, existential quandary as it relates to uh, the perception of temporal physics. Uh, but you can ruminate on that later. Uh, listen to this fucking interview. Oh, I'm Harry, by the way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the interview. isn't because i dislike it like obviously like the industry like the meatpacking industry has like a lot of problems like and like environmental concerns yeah but i fucking hate i actually i'm glad people are still (laughs) eating them even if i'm not
<laughs> Why do you hate chickens? I, when I was four, I went to a petting zoo and I was feeding a chicken and it bit me. Okay. And I was pissed. Yeah. I was, and I just loved eating them ever since. It's really petty, but I've held on to this grudge for years against chickens as a whole, like it's just as an animal. I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So you imagine like, I don't know, you think about eating chicken. How old are you? I was I was four then, yeah. You knew what chicken was back then. Like yeah, you were eating I chicken eaten, at that point. It. But like, then after that, I took like delight in it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, that makes sense. <laughs> it's a very human response. Yeah, cows I don't like to eat. Even if I start eating meat again, I probably won't eat beef. Yeah. Uh, because I think cows are really cute. They're sweet. Yeah, they're really sweet. But chickens don't have souls. Like, the cow has personality. I don't. You're chickens not are like lizards. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're dinosaurs. Little dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. If you took everything ferocious and cool out of dinosaurs <laughs> and like compressed it into a tiny body and just made it a dick. Yeah. They um, domesticated dinosaurs. Yeah. That's nuts to me. Which is the plot of a. A short story I wrote in first grade, wrote and oh, illustrated. <laughs> That's nuts. In first grade, but it was very bad, and like the drawings especially, because I've never been good at drawing. But I went back in time and I got a dinosaur or like a T Rex, and brought him to the future, and he was my pet, and he ate my neighbor. Wow! In the book, we got to get that to Hulu. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got your original programming right here. <laughs> exactly. But no, they kind of did that. We're bringing him up for the third time. But the fucking Chris Pratt Jurassic World, when he's friends with the Velociraptor, that was absolute. <laughs> That's bullshit. pretty much it. Yeah, yeah it's absolute. I was so mad. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. He's like buddies. They even have like a little moment where they like nod at the end of the movie, or <laughs> it's like, see you, <laughs> see you around, bud. <laughs> see you in the clubs. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit, that was so bad. I When I watched that movie, the torrent I got was just in French, <laughs> and there was no other audio track and no English subtitles. And I was like, was like, oh, maybe I should download another version. But after like five minutes, I was like, no, I got everything. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't understand these words, but like, I know what's, like, it's Jurassic World. Yeah, like, it's they, not they go, gonna be anything The complex. dinosaurs are gonna get loose. He's friend. He's obviously friends with this like team of velociraptors that he's trains. Like these were ferocious and terrifying in the whole series. And like, wasn't he riding one? I think he rides one at some point. Yeah, <laughs> he's that's why he's Mario. That's exactly why. That's why I they think got him someone as Mario. edited like the velociraptor as, <laughs> as Yoshi. As Yoshi, yeah. Oh God. But yeah, holy shit. We're in the nightmare dimension. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What what should they reboot next? Max Payne. Ooh. They should remake should remake Max Payne. They really fucked it up last time. They got Marky Mark as Max Payne. I was gonna say and he yeah, wasn't like Marky Mark. I don't. I didn't see the movie. Did you see that? No, I generally don't watch Marky Mark. Yeah. Movies. Fear is good. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Fear is a good one. I haven't seen Boogie Nights. I should probably watch that. Boogie I feel Nights. Like that's is a good, good movie. It, it's like I'll. I, I would never watch a movie just because Marky Mark's in it. Like, yeah. There's going to have to be others. Like, Paul Thomas Anderson directed Boogie Nights. Right. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in Boogie Nights. Right. 
you know, like there's other reasons to watch Boogie Nights. Exactly. And Mark, like, it's a good casting choice. He knows how to cast, like, those actors who are, like... Annoying as shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's good at that. Yeah, my coworker and I were laughing the other day because there's a Marky Mark story. Have you heard him talk about (laughs) 9-11? No. Okay. Yeah, he has an interview somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) He has an interview somewhere where he's he says, "Now, if I had been on that plane, it wouldn't it wouldn't have gone down like that." (laughs) I think is what he says. (laughs) I'm I've started saying that about like everything, anything that like I see go wrong. If I had been driving that boat down the Suez Canal, it wouldn't have gone down that way. Wouldn't have got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have gone down that way. (laughs) <laughs> I would have pushed it through. I want Marky Mark, not that I'd see it or actually genuinely want it to be made, but I would love for Marky Mark to make a 9-11 movie, but like like a, in a Tarantino, like alternate history <laughs> yeah. version where like he's on the plane and it doesn't go down that way. He saves the day. Yeah, no, I, I think he should make and that. And 9-11 doesn't happen. Even, yeah. though he, even though there were multiple planes and he <laughs> could only really be on one. What if he plays triplets yeah yeah he plays triplets and they're all going on they're at the airport they're like see it was great to have our like brothers reunions yeah and they each get on one of the planes because yeah they're the two planes that crash into the towers yes and then the one flight 93 that like was going towards the pentagon the passengers like stopped it and like crashed the plane okay i have an idea all right Uh, two sets of one set set of three brothers Two are twins. Marky Mark is one of them. John Cena is the other one. <laughs> and then Casey Affleck is the third one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And on all three points. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, John Cena is the one that stops. <laughs> the one with brute force. Marky Mark stops the other one by collecting all the white men on the plane to, like, just do the white man thing. And then Casey Affleck, I don't know. I feel like the Casey Affleck one goes down still into the <laughs> Pentagon. Yeah. What? <laughs> He's the one on like a flight ninety three. Yeah, where where he like is able to get everybody to band together to stop it. Where John Cena just yeah, like you said, he just like straight up punches he the guy. Harrison Ford's the plane. Uh, <laughs> Marky Mark has more like a dramatic situation because he tries to be a dramatic actor, but it's mm. like no, like we can't, I can't take you seriously. Yeah, and so it doesn't go down that way. Oh and yeah, yeah. They save the three brothers. Save nine eleven. And it's just a normal day now. Yeah. And what do we call it? What is that? Uh, what was the? It's called severe clear, right? Like when there's no clouds in the sky. That would be the name of it. Severe clear. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look it up yeah. to make oh, sure. Oh, yeah, that's a good name for it. Holy shit! Let's pitch it to Hulu. Yeah, I think I think we're onto something here. I mean, we could also, you know, no offense to John Cena and Casey Affleck, but like we could just have. The other Wahlberg brothers. Oh, you're right. There's other ones. There's other ones that look exactly like him. Celtic super fan Donnie is at all the games. That's how I knew, like, you know, NBA's back, baby. Once I saw Donnie Wahlberg at at a Celtics game, I was like, that, you know, like, uh, like the Lakers have all the cool celebrities yeah, they sitting at the games. Yeah, we have the lesser of the Wahlberg <laughs> brothers. The other ones. Yeah. I don't know any of the other ones. There's more, right? Yeah, there's a lot more. Because one of them's got to manage the burger place. I don't think <laughs> yeah, Donnie no. or Mark 
want to handle that. No. Boston family companies are just interesting to me. <laughs> I worked in the screen printing industry for a while, and it's mostly those. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's just a lot of family bullshit. And it's like, I'm just sitting here trying to print some shirts. You guys are having, like, existential crises with your families <laughs> right now. Yeah, as soon as you get hired at one, you're suddenly, like, within the family drama. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to do this. Bro, just give me my check. That's why you need boundaries (laughs) at work. You can't. Yeah, no nepotism. (laughs) No. It's not how the world works, though. recommendations <laughs> like, me too like just like very stressful recommendations like chill i got stuff to do yeah that was uh in high school it was rush for me i had a friend who was really into the band rush and they were talking okay. about neil pert every day and i was like well i'm never listening to rush now <laughs> i've seen rush twice <laughs> have you uh They're yeah amazing, in, high, right? in high school yeah yeah oh yeah two legs like opposite legs of the same tour mm. uh r.i.p neil pert yeah, wow, he died recently, right? A couple he, of years ago. It was uh it was at the beginning of twenty twenty. Fuck. Everybody it was like, died. Yeah, it was like <laughs> him and he's like a goat drummer and then Kobe died and mm-hmm. then it's like Yeah, something's not right. It's the rapture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, his drum set is fucking sick. He's like a million pieces on it. Yeah, right? it's like three hundred sixty degrees. Yeah. And like the the back part there's like an electronic drum kit. And so he would do like a twenty minute drum solo. And then but the, the drum set would like spin around in the middle of the solo while he's playing. And then he'd switch to like the electronic kit for a little bit. That's nuts. Yeah. No, yeah, they're they're amazing musicians. But I don't know that they're like essential. Yeah. Either like essential listening. Definitely one of the few like prog type bands that I am into. Yeah. Because Prague's very, very hit or miss for me, and it's usually a miss sometimes. Same. Yeah, I was big into... I mean, no, I love uh, King Crimson. They're, like, one of my favorite bands. I like their guitars a lot. 
Yeah, they have really good guitar stuff. Like, very melodic. Yeah. Other than that, I like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer when I'm, like, not I thinking never got about into shit. Them. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just sounds like Tekken music to me sometimes. <laughs> and that's what I like about it. But I, like, respect them as musicians, but uh, I, it also, like, never hit me. I understand. I really like Yes exactly, like, half of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Because they, like, kind of go into that place, too, where it's just like, all right, yes. I get that you're very good at instruments. <laughs> yeah. Yes will have, like, the most beautiful-sounding song that I've ever heard, and then switch to like part b of the same song and it's complete dog shit yeah like the epitome of it is like i've seen all good people like that track where like the first like part a is this beautiful like acoustic song and it's just like gorgeous like harmonies and like and then the the second half is this like bullshit rockabilly type track that is like like everybody's soloing at some point yeah yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't need that <laughs> I feel like save that for rehearsal. Save that for practice. Yeah, the best <laughs> shit that Yes did was like they went on hiatus like at the end of the 70s, but then came back in like 82 with uh, like 90215, the one with uh, that starts with Owner of a Lonely Heart. Oh, that, that album was is them. sick. Yeah. Trying to do more like new wavy, like art pop. Right. Yeah, they like the songs are like more focused, shorter. But also, like, instead of, this is what I like when prog bands do. Instead of just having, like, an eight-minute song with, like, three parts, they'll just break it up by part. Like, each part is a different track. But yeah. then they'll just bleed into each other. Exactly, on, yeah. yeah. That's so important because, like, you're getting the same energy out, but it's more focused. It's not just, like, all right, we'll do this quiet, accessible part of the song, and then we could just masturbate for the next, like, eight <laughs> minutes. Like... There's no yeah. need for that. I don't. I'm, that's just my opinion. There's no need for that. I'm very yeah. like stringent about that because like people's attention spans are so specific. Um, you don't want to lose people. Yeah, my thing is just to make music as accessible as possible, even when you're trying to challenge them. There's always a space for you to challenge someone, even like in the most extreme sense, to still keep them engaged. Mm -hmm. Once you lose their attention. By just like doing something that's completely self-indulgent like what's the point yeah no and i think i think some of your tracks do that this very well where i nothing you've done i would describe as prog but there is like you do have some tracks where like you move from distinct sections and don't return to like the hook that you established at the beginning of the song <laughs> yeah but you still keep the the mood of the song it doesn't feel like you're trying to veer into any like direct where it's just like let's just stop this section of the song switch completely switch the tempo they'll, they'll they would probably ex like someone like emerson like what's what's his full name it's emerson's first name i think it's greg emerson i think no it's greg like i don't remember <laughs> ralph Keith waldo uh, yeah, it's yeah, Keith. Ralph, yeah <laughs> ralph waldo, waldo emerson, emerson lake and palmer <laughs> yeah he would probably be like well this section we this is in a like a minor pentatonic but then we switch to like a you know b flat mixolydian that's probably like bad music theory that probably wouldn't make sense I don't but know like any the, of that you know shit. well cuz yeah like the whole exact yeah where it's like i think music theory is really cool but like once you like start like over explaining and like writing music to like for the sake of like your own like fascination with like you know shifting through the different different like greek modes yeah it's like i like 
cool man <laughs> yeah right it's like where's the where's the hook <laughs> yeah exactly like it it's okay to like understand that it's great to understand that but you still have to bring it back to a place where it's like human yeah and like connecting with people it's not just math yeah some of the best musicians have never studied music theory in any like formal setting but yeah. they just have like an intuitive understanding of it and that's the thing like most of it is intuitive that's something i've been noticing just by jamming again with people like you can hear it out you can hear yeah. all of it out but it's just about how you've been trained to hear it like some people have been trained just to look at paper and understand where things are mm-hmm. um but like the way and I that's amazing up, that the brain can like do that so yeah, quickly yeah just calculate shit on paper it's it's nuts to me but at the same time like it's probably nuts to them that i could do it on a computer yeah like with midi <laughs> i love i love when people who don't yeah so i think i think mozart would have like if he was alive today would have had a fucking like field day with right. some of this shit yeah he would be doing um, wild shit yeah because yeah he, he could just he wouldn't have to get like write something to get someone else to perform like like I now I need like need to write a section for violin. He'd just be like, I'm just gonna plug in this synth, <laughs> yeah. and like I'll do it myself. Exactly. But yeah, the, I love people who don't, because it's it feels like it's always people who don't actually play instruments or like, you know, like have haven't really studied music, are the ones who complain most about like sampling, and like definitely this isn't music. Yeah. Once in a while, you get someone. I think. A couple years ago when damon albarn said that he likes very fucking I think confusing we, we had talked about that yeah I was like, what <laughs> the man from gorillas yeah <laughs> who had dan the automator produce the first record yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i i've had to explain to like my dad and his friends before i'm just like doing the simplest of like advocacy for like how hip-hop is in fact music they're like i don't give a shit if you don't like it it's not really like yeah it's not made for you it's not even like made with me in mind yeah. but i dig it <laughs> yeah but it's like you're just sitting there saying it's not music i mean <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah it's just it's all racialized because if, yeah. if you listen to the bc boys first records they were sampling the beatles yeah like Led Rick Zeppelin, was, yeah, beatles, Led, yeah yeah like first track is when the levy breaks drums. Yeah, I don't think they got sued for. Did they get sued for that? Uh, maybe later on. Maybe I think, because I think that might have like predated like because now you would have to like get that cleared and like yeah. get the license for that. They didn't have to get that cleared, and that- that's also the reason why like De La Soul is not on streaming services. Exactly, because like they have way too many samples. They were the example. Yeah, they were used as the example for that law, so like they're still just not on it. Yeah. But also, that's even crazier for Damon Albarn to say, because he works with De La Soul all the time. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. But if I get a chance, I'll ask him about it. <laughs> I'll get actually I'll get the, the Gallagher brothers to ask him about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently him and Noel have like buried the hatchet. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they weird. were like hanging out buddy buddy at like an award show a couple years ago. It was like so much internal conflict that i had when i was 16 and was like loved both of them a lot uh was just like resolved i was like yeah Yeah. that's that's growing up where liam is i like liam just seems like the most insufferable human to know and interact with yeah it always seemed like noel was a little 
He was just older, I guess. Yeah. But now they're both old, so. He still says incendiary stuff, but usually he walks it back like a week later. He's like, yeah, no, that was dumb of me to say. Yeah. <laughs> Where Liam is just like walking, like the way he walks too, like his yeah. arms are like wiggling down by his sides. And uh, I imagine he just always has like a tambourine on him. That's amazing. Because that's like the most he can play. He plays like. The first time he wrote a song for Oasis, it's like it's like a two quarter. Yeah, <laughs> it's a songbird. It's like a two quarter with like there's like a a note in like a step down note in between the two chords. You know, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I think he. Uh, it looks like he got his walk from that photo of John Lennon. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the the whole Ministry of Silly Walks vibe. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a character from Doug that walks like that that i need to find he has like the same hat on too i was listening to like some doug music the other week there's some good jams there's some weird jams on there killer tofu killer tofu is fire the beats very obvious beatles yep (laughs) reference but then they had like like a punk sound when you listen to that song yeah they had like a Uh, real punk sound and then um but still good harmonies like the beatles (laughs) what was the band yeah they were like the ramones and the beatles put together yeah and they had a chick that looked like Amber Rose on keyboards. I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it? Uh, what is his name? Uh, the brothers, the twins. Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen it in like ages. Yeah, so. right. There's these twins, and they always have the same song that comes on when they pop up, and it goes, It's so it's so good. I gotta sample that. I'm gonna sample that. Yeah, I'm gonna make a note of that. <laughs> Yeah, I got it. I, I still can't believe his best friend's name was Skeeter. And it Yo. was like, let's, I'm going to announce it here. I'm naming my next album Mosquito Valentine. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. It says his full name. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great name. Right? <laughs> it sounds like, <laughs> I don't want to show too much of my hand, but it it sounds like a fucking 90s alt-rock album too nice that's another reason i name it it sounds like fucking savage garden mosquito valentine <laughs> hell yeah
No, like I, I'll like I'll always love him and have like a soft spot for him, but I definitely want to stop hearing about his personal life. Yeah, I don't want to hear about anybody's personal life anymore. I, oh my god, I don't care. Yeah, I just like so he's he's dating the girl from Uncut Gems. Great, super. Yeah, like he was hanging out with her and Madonna and Floyd Mayweather and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, and I was like. Okay, it's just like a Mad Libs of people, you yeah. know. <laughs> just weird. This that's what like people say when they're like Hollywood is weird, L.A. is weird. You can avoid that shit very easily though. Yeah. Or they'll just exclude you. Like you don't. I feel like if I went to L.A., it wouldn't be hard for me to avoid fake, like quote unquote fake people like that. You gotta work really hard to get into those circles. Yeah, you like need their approval and yeah. Uh, yeah I don't. I don't care. What, just because, like, we're rich now, so we can only hang out with other rich people? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> sure, I'm sure it was fun. I'm sure it was a good time. They lo- it, it, No, it wasn't, because it, it looked, it very looked so fucking boring. They're yeah. all, like, sitting on, like... Anytime you're hanging out with people and you're all, like, sitting facing the same direction... Yeah. Like, one couple is just, like, all over each other, which it looked like Kanye and... Uh, Julia Fox were and then there was like one other like how did Madonna get there too like so Kanye I don't know how any of that shit works with like athletes I can see but then Madonna was just inexplicably there it's just uh, it's like circus energy I feel like celebrities will just do anything because obviously that's going to get a lot of likes on social media yeah so yeah I don't know (laughs) I don't know I don't have the I don't have the energy to be around any of that. Yeah, I just want to know uh, when, <laughs> Con- when Kanye has music. Yeah. And then I can be like, well, this album is maybe is probably like an hour longer than it has to be. But Yeah, I have too many hot takes about Kanye's music. <laughs> like, I didn't like Dark Fantasy at all, Twisted Fantasy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen you talk about this <laughs> online. It's just not mixed well. And everything he put out right before the album is some of his best music, period. Mm-hmm. It was just a letdown. But yeah, tweet me all your responses <laughs> to my hot takes to that. The snares suck. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I like a lot of the guitar noises. Yeah, the guitar stuff was cool. Mike Dean put his foot in that. Yeah. yeah. What else have you been like watching, listening to, fucking with the video games you've been playing? That's a good question. Random topics on your mind. <laughs> Let me look at what I've been listening to. That usually helps me think about that more. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't. I haven't been up to speed on new music so far this year. I never We're only had, like man. two weeks in. Yeah. I know Earl just released something. Yeah. I listened to it yesterday. I haven't really been drawn to Earl in a while. Um, what was the last thing he did? How long ago was the last? Was it like 2019? You put out like an EP? 2020, the Feet of Clay one, right? Mm, it yeah. kind of just washes over me. I feel like, uh, I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. It feels like it comes and it's just like, okay, I can tell he's in kind of a fog. Or mm. the narrative that he's trying to put along with this music is that he's in a fog. And it kind of just goes over my head. Mm. But, um,. I gotta like really listen to this new one because it feels like there's a different energy to it. Also, he had a kid. Oh, yeah, sweet. So like Good a lot of the projects about like congrats, Earl. his new fatherhood. Yeah, congrats. 
Yeah, again, that I mean, he's not obviously not as like in your face as Kanye, but like I don't follow people's personal lives that much. Unless, yeah, unless it's like forced into my into my face. That's that's also something I've been thinking about a lot. Just going forward, like I don't want my personal life out there like at all. Yeah, really. like I think I do a pretty good job of just giving people music and like just random thoughts from my head on Twitter. But like I even want to cut back on that. Like yeah. I'm getting tired of social media. Yeah, me too. I'm it's like a good tool for when you have something to promote, but otherwise it's just like, what are we doing? What are we? What are we doing? It's like it's like telepathy. Yeah, it's like having telepathy, but only the stupid thoughts. <laughs> Dumb telepathy. Twitter, Twitter. I like. I like seeing the stupid thoughts. I yeah. like a place where I can put my stupid thoughts. It's like anything that Facebook touches. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I like disabled my Instagram, like my personal Instagram, at least temporarily, until I start like, probably when like the first episode like the podcast gets back into the swing of of things yeah i've been thinking about doing like the mass unfollow thing and just so good leaving that like empty so i can just post there and not think about anything else yeah the pope has it right he follows zero people yeah because like you i bet if you asked him like why don't you follow anybody on instagram and he'd be like well god doesn't have an instagram right. christ does not have an instagram <laughs> and Who's he I following? Only, and I only follow I only follow Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good I'm gonna use that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna use that for somebody arbitrary who doesn't have an Instagram. <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't have that? Fucking Who's not on Twitter? It's hard because yeah, because like so much of my perception is via social media. So how can I even remember right who doesn't have it exactly? Because I don't know who you are because I don't see you. Like I'm not force fed your your shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make that disconnect. I've been on it too long. It's been yeah. over ten years. Yeah, it's <laughs> like half half my life at this point has been like social media yeah influenced yeah like myspace yeah myspace was yeah Fuck. i was like 15 yeah but that was myspace was sick i mean yeah it wasn't like you know if it had lasted as long as it did or as long as like up till today real in a real way because yeah. it's uh, you can still go to myspace.com but it's not the same no uh you know it, it would have you know, had potential to be just as toxic a place as anything. It was Definitely. just like Facebook became this huge, like, tech conglomerate in a way that, like, who expected that when, like, Facebook came? I thought Facebook sucked because it was just, it was so bland. It was stripped down. That's why yeah. people liked it because, like, everybody had those fucking glittery, like, profiles on MySpace. And it was just a rebrand. They were just like, all right, this is for college people. Yeah, and but- they caught everybody who was on Facebook around the time where they was going... Well, a lot of the high schoolers in Facebook were going into college, and they were like, yeah. all right, well, let's be more professional. And then they just did the same thing with LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> but then Facebook ended up adding a ridiculous, gratuitous amount of, like, extra stuff right? while trying to keep, like, the minimalistic feel. And it it's, like, clashes with, with, like, the intent of Facebook, where it was, like, stripped down that yeah. to have, like everything you need there like they really just wanted to make it like a one-stop place on the internet where it's like well we're gonna we're not really gonna do anything or like facebook's whole thing is biting off of other 
platforms. Yeah, it's a bunch of trying, short-sighted yeah. decisions that don't really go together. They're just kind of yeah. like going forward. They, you can see that's how like Mark Zuckerberg thinks too. Like he's only thinking about like the short term. Yeah. Unless it's like his ulterior motives, and then like that might be long term. Like if you go off of like the hot or not shit, that seemed like a pretty insidious like long-term ulterior motive oh yeah but like it was pushed by very short-term like decisions like hot or not yeah (laughs) yeah no yeah that was that was the whole point he just wanted to like meet girls right yeah yeah meet human women (laughs) (laughs) yeah for yeah But I like I missed the ability because what I liked about MySpace was that you could customize it with anything you you wanted. Yeah. And like, let alone you like you were learning HTML. Exactly. And which is just useful. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like basic HTML, but still like enough to build your own website. Yeah. Facebook takes that ability away from you, and I I wish people weren't as into that as like why are people drawn to platforms that limit your like individuality and limit mm-hmm. like or give you the guise of individual i feel like that's what instagram does not original instagram because what i like og instagram was great because it was just like a platform for pictures you yeah put, you like oh i took a silly little picture yeah and then all my silly little friends can send me silly little hearts all right it was like Flickr, but like with a social aspect yeah and there was no D- the day I found out you could DM. I was like, why? Yeah, like <laughs> I remember when DM started. I remember when um, they started videos, and I was like, mm-hmm. people are just gonna do selfie videos, stories. <laughs> then stories they took happened. from Snapchat. Yep. And now they've taken reels from TikTok. Yep. They they want uh like a whole the whole like IGTV thing, trying to have like ex- like longer video content. They're in. There's a marketplace too. Yep. Like you can buy stuff. Why why do you need to buy things on Instagram? And I'm not saying like getting linked to like the store, like a a brand store. If they like you follow like a clothing brand or something and they have a like like swipe up to be taken to our our website. Yeah. It's like you can just buy things right on Instagram. I think it was really interesting that they put that marketplace button where the old notification button used to be. Oh, yeah. Because it was definitely a deliberate move. Because I remember when it first switched on me, I was like automatically going to the marketplace button because that was where the notifications usually were. And it took me a while to have to like unlearn that. Yeah. And like it just, I could feel them hacking my brain to like do that deliberately. And it felt, just felt bad. Yeah. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. It's so, it's so cringy and weird. Like just, there's so much wrong with, Meta now, I guess. Yeah, meta. We I mean, tech, I'm not going to call him that. <laughs> yeah, I don't Shut really up. call him that. It's, yeah. it's Facebook. Yeah. It's all Facebook. Like, half of it, the shit is Facebook. And then, like, the other half is, like, Amazon. And then... <laughs> yeah. And then you go on the IP, it's Disney. Yeah. That was an interesting thing uh, for me. Like, it was it was very interesting, like, when uh, Mickey Mouse's uh, IP was almost up. I think it's happened a couple times with Disney... They saw, like, Mickey's IP coming up, and he was going to mm-hmm. go into public domain, and we were like, no, nah, we're just going to change. We're going to move the goalpost and change <laughs> IP law for a couple more years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just keep doing that. Yeah, they have, like, way too much sway in Yeah, in they have a, a monopoly on entertainment. 
It's very interesting. What else are they going to buy? I don't know. Because there still needs to be space for stuff where you can actually, like, have violence and people, like, have sex. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and you know, like, gay people actually exist, right. too. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just want to buy all your childhood nostalgia. Yeah. It's a solid brand. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> all their extended universes and... They can the extended use, universe. You know, you can have Marvel shit pop up in Disney shows now. Yeah, they haven't crossed them over yet. They're definitely going to. Like, just fucking put Captain Marvel in Star Wars. Like, what difference does it make now? What was, like, the, the House of Mouse show that was, like... There was, like, a, a show... Because some of the, like... I liked some of the Disney Channel cartoons back yeah. in, like, in some of their programming, like, back in the day. There was one that was, like house of mouse or something where it was like all the the mickey mouse verse characters going to every episode they were like going to a like a function like a function center or like a they were they were like having a banquet but okay. like it would just sh then show shorts of like the disney characters uh, like clip show type yeah. man yeah i mean fuck it make a kingdom hearts movie hell yeah <laughs> i never played it but like it's just, just yeah, do such it. an interesting concept to me no, I'm kind of at a point with like the Marvel stuff where I'm like, uh, yeah, right. you've like you did your Endgame thing. It was sick. Don't worry about it for a little bit. Just yeah, chill. Like, I felt that way about the last Spider-Man movie. It's like they're really like ringing out the last bit of nostalgia for me there. Yeah, like, where I, else I, can they go? I, I liked loved it. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, but I at the same time I'm just like, all right, this feels like one of the points where I could just walk away from this right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's in this is a good end point. I did like the suit at the end though, because it was just comic accurate. Yeah. It just felt like if everybody died right now on this cast, that would be a good place to end this and not <laughs> go forward. God forbid. But yeah, I don't know. We've been following this shit for like almost twenty years. Yeah. How does it end? Where does it end? I'm kind of over it. Yeah, it'll be yeah, we're closer to twenty years than we are to like the beginning of it right at this point but like 2027 will be the 20 year like mcu for blade uh well so i'm thinking specifically for like mcu oh yeah, yeah 2027 but, iron man yeah yeah i mean or like so like the, the early the earlier ones i'm not necessarily counting because they were like other studios but right like, yeah but like blade was huge for like just this new era of like for leather superheroes yeah yeah <laughs> And now we're going to have Blade just, like, sucked into the MCU. Um, yeah, we'll see how that works. I have a hot take for how they should... I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. About uh, how they should portray Wolverine. They should just go full Chris Benoit. <laughs> like, it would make sense. Just feral. Just feral. Yeah, yeah. But also, just, like, he's done terrible things because, like, they fucked his brain up. And that's how it is in yeah. the comics. And he's Canadian. It just makes sense. <laughs> yeah, where like Hugh Jackman, even though he was like really good in a lot of those movies, mm -hmm. they made him a little too like clean and like sometimes too funny. Yeah. Uh, where like I do want that like very. Should be scary. Yeah. Should be like this person he that I don't want to ever see in my life. He either. should he should have because it's not that he's scary all the time because he's one of like has like one of the softest hearts the, over the years in the comics. Like and he like looks out. 
like he's he's grumpy always, but like he always looks out for like his teammates right. and like he's super loyal. It's just he has this like switch that might get flipped where he goes into what is it Ber- berserker, berserker. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's like just this ball of fury, like little hairy ball of fury that can't yeah. be stopped, and it's it's sick. It's I amazing. feel like, and I feel like the way they should approach that for like. Like, his initial appearances is, like, on some Winter Soldier shit. Mm-hmm. Where, like, he can't be controlled. He's, like, a killing machine. He's out of control because he's not with Weapon X anymore. Yeah. And like, and they have to, like, tame him down. Yeah. They probably send him after the Hulk, like, in the beginning. Like, yeah, like, his first appearance. I want to see him get, which it can't happen in Disney, but, like, he's been, like, specifically with the Hulk, he's been, like, torn apart. Yeah. No, he's they like, should do that. Yeah, but he's able to come back because of his... They've they've gone like pretty overboard at times with his regeneration. Yeah, where it's just like as long as like one cell remains, he <laughs> yeah. can regenerate. Um, e- they even like <laughs> a couple years ago they did a Death of Wolverine arc, mm-hmm. like event that spanned you know like multiple titles and shit. How you know comic books? Yeah, and he he died. But what really, he was like encased in an adamantium shell. And they, even at the end, they were like, oh, he's not really dead. He's just, he's still alive. He just can't get out. But then when they brought him back to, to life, even though he was never dead, he, they found like the adamantium shell had been like torn open. And I was like, so he, he was never stuck in there. If he could have just torn it open with his claws. Right. At any time. Like, how was he actually like? Stu- so he maybe I guess I f- like to think of it like he just wanted to chill. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's hibernating. <laughs> he's just like you know what I've had it. Yeah, up to here. I'm fucking <laughs> tired. I'm going to sleep. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I think along the way in that arc he like lost his regeneration, mm. and so that was why he was like dying. But like instead of letting him die, they like encased him in an adamantium shell, and then they brought in old man Logan from that universe after the whole like secret wars thing which was sick but yeah like comic books are just like this wacky web of just like trying to maintain continuity the movies are getting there yeah the movies are definitely getting there i'm interested in like the doctor strange movie coming up because sam raimi's making it yeah well they're getting into like the multiverse stuff which is cool but it's also so it's so hard to do in like a a way that's going to make sense for a massive audience. I yeah. Think. It's in the Silver Age now. Yeah. And I know it's going to get to like the gritty 80s Bronze Age at some point. I don't know. I'm going to tap out at that point. For I sure. don't know because I don't know if Disney would do like full gritty. Yeah, you're right. Because they're doing it with Batman now. Yeah. Well, that's PG-13. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're finally getting a, a Batman movie that's dark and gritty. <laughs> right. <laughs> I I really want them to do like just do like a one that's really inspired by like the sixties. Yeah. Uh, just like one eighty it and just even if audiences hate it, just just make make a Batman movie that's fun. Yeah, that should have been this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh even like a mix of that, like there's enough time that has passed where they can revisit that and the Schumacher movies and like do something that's good. Yeah. Like Lego Batman. I every time I go back to the Schumacher movies, I'm like, I do not hate these. Yeah, it's kind. Of, and also, I love how um, 
Batman and Robin, which is, you know, supposed to be really bad. One, it's actually fucking hilarious. Yeah. If you just, like, don't take it seriously. And also, like, the villains, like, are effectively, like, environmentalists. Yeah. <laughs> and Batman with his, like, dumbass bat credit, credit card. card, yeah, <laughs> is, like, trying to stop people who are actually trying to benefit the environment. He's trying to stop it with capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what I got from that movie. <laughs> Pretty much. This is a man who is like a multi-billionaire who could easily just pay for the infrastructure of Gotham City to be better. And yeah. And he just <laughs> goes and gets a bat suit and some military mech to beat the shit out of people for dime bags. Yeah, Batman is such a <laughs> <laughs> Batman is such a a great example of like why you have to change things at like the systemic level and not <laughs> like try to fight individual battles right from the top down like against yeah, rugged individualism yeah. yeah he loves ayn rand oh my god <laughs> i think there's even in one of the movies or maybe i'm thinking of the no i think in one of the movies there's like a statue that looks like at i think there's an atlas statue in at least one batman movie oh the nolan one right probably yeah it's the that one makes where... sense that because i if any director of Batman loves Ayn Rand the most. It's Christopher Nolan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> his fucking. I love how the Dark Knight. Like he tricked a bunch of teenagers into loving the like his the Patriot his Act thesis of why the Patriot <laughs> Act is was actually great. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bush era. Yeah, I mean, I love that Morgan Freeman was the voice of reason with that. He's like, uh, I'm a head out. Yeah, <laughs> I do not like this one bit, and then. Dark Knight Rises, there's a lot of, like, anti-Occupy Wall Street in that. Yeah. Because that was happening at the same time. And Looking if you, back, like, look at that, yeah. like, with that in mind, then it's, like, making Bane this, like, villain who, like, tries to to drum up, like, social duress over, like, economic issues. Yeah. But he's, like, but also, like, equating a villain, equating him to, like, the level of, like, global terrorist while also, like... I don't know. It, it, it's it's weird. It I understand what you're saying. Me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny to look at now. Especially, like, I don't know, 2012, I was not as tapped into, like, global politics as I am now. And, yeah, I could under I could feel that. I could feel, like, the, the subtext of that under the surface, but I couldn't put my finger on it when I first saw it. And I was like, this is yeah. kind of uh, bland. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's that the kind of like funny, fascism, funny bland, like bland fascism of like the mid two thousands, the like the corporate fascism. Yeah, where it's like actually the bill. We should be on the billionaire side. He's the hero in this situation right. because and but it's like it's a movie. You could write whoever you want to be the hero. Like they chose a billionaire. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! What a that movie was all over the place. Yeah. I I do love Bane in that. I like yeah people who say it's goofy i'm like yeah it's supposed to be. it is goofy yeah. as hell like oh i think tom hardy knew what he was doing yeah like he's a luchador <laughs> in the comics yeah like you guys he's a luchador who takes like steroids in the comics yeah like insta steroids uh <laughs> it's like because like the batman robin version gets it is like almost there he just they make him dumb yeah when he's actually really smart in the Finds comics out who batman is yeah. immediately yeah he's like all right i'm gonna he's go break his back comics yeah <laughs> and i feel like they did that well in that movie but i kind of wish they had kept him as a luchador yeah 
but they gave him this weird story that tries to like connect reconnect with like the first movie in the trilogy yeah which you know like i i'm not watching batman movies to try to have like narrative connections a la the godfather you know <laughs> yeah i don't know no nah, i feel that though. christopher nolan is also like hit or miss where it's like I like watching the movie because you make cool movies with like amazing practical effects most of the time. But then the more like as soon as I think about what the point you're trying to make, I'm like, "Fuck you, dude!" He always (laughs) goes too deep, and it's just like we don't need to go that deep here. Yeah, especially with Interstellar. That was one where like I was like, "Okay, you're going too far with the narrative here." If you just stuck to the sci-fi elements. Like, I will say to the re- for the rest of my days that he should have ended that movie in the bookcase. That movie should have ended in the bookcase oh, on yeah. some, like, Twilight Zone shit. Yeah. And, like, he can't get his daughter back. He's stuck in space. He wants he wants to tell, like, really thought-provoking stories, but without, like, any of the necessary... Like, he wants to wrap them up in too happy a way. Yeah. That's why I think my favorite movie he's done is either, either Memento or Inception. Mm-hmm. I love both of those a lot. Because I, I, everyone wants to, like, debate whether or not he's, like, still in the dream at the end of Inception or mm-hmm. not with the top thing. And I think that, like, that's not really the point. Yeah. Like, to have, like, a clear answer. And I I like him better when he has more, like, ambiguity, especially on exactly. the moral front. Yeah. Because I, like, I don't need you to justify the Patriot Act to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> And it didn't seem tongue-in-cheek. That was the whole thing about that. Like, it didn't seem tongue-in-cheek at all, even if he was trying to make it that way. Well, because the big problem with it is, like, so he's saying that, like, okay, it's okay for the Patriot Act to exist because we used it to catch the bad guy, and then we're unplugging it. But that's not how things went down. It's not. Like, the, <laughs> the thing you're trying to make a commentary on, it seems like you fundamentally misunderstood. Like, they didn't just unplug the Patriot Act when they caught Osama bin Laden or, yeah. like... Uh, or when they caught Saddam Hussein either. Right. Who didn't even have anything to do with 9-11, by the way. Right. It's weird. He's a... And he's not even American. Yeah. So, I don't know what the hell <laughs> his deal is. DC Comics. The way you're describing it is putting him in Frank Miller territory, and that's kind of funny to me. <laughs> he, yeah. I mean, I think he was most influenced by... Because Frank Miller oh, wrote right. Year One, which is what Night, Batman man. begins. That makes sense, then. I can see... The heavy-handed influence of Frank Miller on that, because like, yeah, that guy's fucking lost his shit after the '90s. Yeah, where at least like, <laughs> I don't know, at least Alan Moore has like points to make. True. If, if you're if we're talking about comic book writers who've lost their shit, like, yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just felt really betrayed because, like, it was Harry's bar. And, <laughs> yeah. Like, that sucks. <laughs> it's like, don't. All right. So I do not go to Harry's bar. If you're listening, do not go to Harry's bar in D.C. Yeah. Oh, do, man. I do, not, right. I do not endorse it. Let me jump on that and say that if you're ever in Plymouth, don't ever go to the Yellow Deli. Uh, it's a cult. <laughs> it's a cult. It's run by this cult called the Twelve Tribes, and yeah, they uh. We haven't had they, much cult talk on the the podcast. I'm I'm liking where this is. Going. They recently just burnt down like 900 houses in Colorado. They're being investigated for that allegedly. Okay, but it's pretty obvious. Uh, um, I looked up the Twelve Tribes cult and then Google fills it in with yellow deli yeah um yeah we went over there i was with a a friend and we went in there for breakfast after going to the uh national day of mourning in plymouth like it's right next to plymouth rock okay and um yeah they were kind of weird they were kind of touchy-feely you know like very friendly we went into the place and it felt like uh yeah you looking it up yeah (laughs) well because there are yellow delis all over the place yeah they're all over the world but um, we went into this place and it looked like Cracker Barrel with like a really good budget. Um, okay. And the people came over and like they were really nice that to us. Cult money. <laughs> yeah, and then they like started passing us pamphlets and I was like, "What is this?" It had like hippie energy to it. Peace, but, love, and happiness movement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it had like hippie energy, but like there was an air of like arrogance and uh, counterculturalism. Like they mm-hmm. were like rejecting the free love of the 60s but Which, it, so they're they're they seem to be like christian oriented too so they're like yeah they're like jesus freaks yeah but they try to rope in the uh more liberal people by looking like hippies mm-hmm. and espousing like pseudo hippie talk so it's kind of been around since the 70s yeah all so, right yeah there's a lot of i don't know I'll leave it up to you to make up your own, <laughs> do your own research. I, yeah, I, it's all right there. Though. I probably would have raised some eyebrows too. That's yeah. good. To, like now, I'm like tempted to go, but it's like don't. So it's, I like how we've gotten into like the opposite of like shout out your favorite local places, where it's like, what are restaurants or establishments <laughs> where just like do not support don't this place, there. do yes. not go there. Yeah. <laughs> so Harry's Bar in D.C. This is why you should always like google a place before you go to it just like look at the yelp reviews because as soon as i looked at the yelp reviews on the the train after after that bar like people were like yeah this is like a this is like a trump alt-right bar Mm. you know like which good for them for having a place like i can't stop them from having a place yeah but you know i don't have to just if you you don't want to go to that place you can avoid it yeah yeah. There was like nothing on the door. They should say like you know, liberals go away. Yeah. <laughs> like on the door. And I would say I like I'm not a liberal, but I would say all right, they probably mean me too. Right. Uh <laughs> so that's like the most yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. Say fuck off put fuck off commies on the on yeah, the door. Just and, put let's grow Brandon up. That's fine. <laughs> we get it. Put like a picture of Trump on the door and be like this is this is a Trump safe space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're we snowflakes, like and we need uh, we need a, a bar for us. This is our guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did? Yeah, I'm not even gonna go into it. But uh, 
I love that that's their guy. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Yeah. Because it's on a list. <laughs> it's on an FBI list. Of the Patriot Act. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, we should probably wrap up. Yeah, we should wrap up. About time. I feel like we got, like, plenty. This Covered is already going to be, like, uh, two episodes. <laughs> Parter. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely down to do more at some point. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a good time. <laughs> yeah. This is the perfect space for it, too. Yeah. No, I dig this a lot. It's super tempting to try to rent this out for right. especially for like in-person stuff like zoom i can do at home yeah. and that's what's been nice about doing this so far is yeah. that like it's very diy got a new mic on the way and Hell so yeah. uh, up in that game but definitely for in-person stuff this is a good good spot anyway uh anything you want to close with shout outs uh plugs or keep an eye out for this or that yeah, definitely keep an eye out for um, my Instagram. I'm always going to be posting new videos, especially in the coming months. Uh, by the time this came out, there would be a couple new videos, too. But I'm just starting to ramp up back into season two. So yeah. just be on the lookout for that. And whenever shows come back, we're going to be doing those, too. Hell yeah. We're full band. Yeah, full band, finally. I've been trying to do this for years suffered a lot of setbacks over the past two years but like we're finally in a place where things look really good and healthy so nice I'm just gonna keep pushing forward awesome all right well hassan barclay thank you for taking the time to talk to me hell yeah thanks for having me love to be here all right
right, there you guys go. That's a that's a wrap on my interview with Hassan Barclay. Uh, it'll probably be back very soon. Uh, we'll probably want to talk some shit about something. Um, even just listening to this uh, to edit it, I I was like, oh, I want to have him back just for a special episode where we just have like some weird premise that we have to play by these rules just for an episode. Uh, this sounds really vague. It makes more sense in my head. Um, also, as you can tell, uh, as I preluded to in, in the intro here to this episode, but like I'm getting much more like, I'm just getting playing fast and loose with these intros and outros now. You know, before season one, I feel like they were very, very erudite and, uh, you know, and they were pithy and to the point. And I was like, I was really focusing. I was doing multiple takes. Now I'm just fucking, just let go. Just let loose, baby. Just. The hardest part of speaking for me is that my my, my brain part works much faster than my mouth hole. And and so oftentimes it is it's very difficult for me to 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 stay on one thread of thought because it's like I'm I'm my thoughts are moving like fucking like characters in the Spider-Verse movie or whatever. You know, it's it's all jumping past each other and it's so you know, and just you gotta you gotta bear with me for a bit. Yeah, I, you know, so I'm I'm gonna like meander with with no point because I, again, I'm speaking to a disembodied audience right now. I'm assuming that people are listening to this. I don't give a shit. Like, you know, you should come here for the the artists and and not me. But if I if I start saying like saying shit like well what 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 I say doesn't matter like that's bullshit because you know like I do have some degree of a platform I guess it's not like huge but like I am recording myself. Um, oh, anyway, so I um, just want to list the songs that um, that second half of DualShock. So the songs that you heard in this episode in order are titled are titled Hair All Wavy, Fleet Center, Streets of Rage 2, Pollen, and Blue Herb. Yeah, so hope you enjoyed. Uh, next week, we'll be back, uh, and I will be joined by the Hit Factory. A, an Afro beat rap R&B duo from Lagos, Nigeria. It's the first first intercontinental podcast interview. I'm so pumped, so pumped for you guys to hear it. Um, yeah, hell yeah. We're jet setting, baby. We're going around the world, living that coast to coast, LA to Chicago. Everybody listening to this podcast knows the song Smooth Operator by Sade, right? Because if you don't, you have no business being here. You're not welcome here. I mean, well, no, no, I'm sorry, you are. Like, I can't blame you for if you haven't heard it. Like, but just pause this and go listen to it. Well, actually, the episode's almost over, so don't pause it. Just stay with me for like a, a minute or two. Just go listen to it right after. I'm doing you a favor. And if for whatever reason you come back and you say, that is not one of the sexiest songs that I've ever heard. Go fuck yourself. Then, then you aren't welcome here. You are not, this is not a safe space if you don't love Sade. Oh, she was born in Nigeria. That's funny. That's a funny coincidence. But yeah, so uh, I will uh, see you then. All right, bye.